Welcome to the 49th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Edie, and alongside me, I have my co-host and animation guru, Adrian Pinter. How does it go, sir? General Kenobi. It goes quite well, man. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool, 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 man. Yeah, I do wonder, Adrian. I do. I do wonder. Mm-hmm. How do you clean your ears? What? Why do you wonder? I mean, I use a Q-tip. I use Q-tips yeah. usually. Yeah, that's wrong. I know you're not supposed to, but I do it. It's the best way to do it, man. What do you use Q-tips for if it's not for cleaning your ears, though? That's what I wonder. Oh, but yeah. At the same time, you're not supposed to. I don't know. I guess like nail polish removing, but I think there's those like, oh. I think there's those straight up pads, nail polish remover, like pad things i don't know yeah. for sure but i feel like i don't know or like you know putting um like you dip it in like peroxide and you're putting it on a wound yeah i guess so little things like that yeah wouldn't you just use those pads though for that as well like those i guess you could pads? if i had to cut i would just pour the peroxide right up over my arm stare stare straight at you not even flinch hmm. are you supposed to pour peroxide on your i would just drink it yeah i don't think that that is definitely not something I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I don't think that's a good idea. You are a doctor. We, we've been through this. I would, I, would, I would take a shot of it and then just pour the rest on my arm, looking straight at you, intensely, mm. angry, mm. Ready, to, ready to cure myself of this, of this cut, of this ailment. How do you uh, clean your ears? I kind of just use water in the shower, just like kind of put my angle my head underneath the, I was going to say drain, but whatever, the faucet. No, mm-hmm. the... Showerhead. What do they call it? Showerhead. Thank you. Showerhead. I know where it is. Yeah, that's what I do. You know, warm water. You just let the water like just fill your ear canal and then you tilt your head and then pour all the water out. Yeah, hopefully along with earwax. Yeah, hot enough so it melts the earwax going in and then when you're like pouring it out, all that melted earwax, just you hear that, you know, right on the right on the shower's ground. Mm, mm, yes what a great way to start this film and tv podcast adrian what do you think yeah 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 about earwax delicious very topical like shrek bringing it back to movies baby hey everything's connected yeah yeah indeed like shrek shrek's good i'm like i don't know depending on the day i'm like shrek's really good or shrek's like pretty good or shrek's like all right yeah shrek is love shrek is life Shrek 2 is really good too. Yeah, no, it is really good. Shrek 1 and Shrek 2, really great. Actually, I've never seen I've never seen Shrek 3, so I don't have a perspective on that. Me neither. There's also oh. Shrek the Halls. Mm. Or maybe did I watch Shrek 3? I honestly don't remember. I maybe watched it. Mm. But if I did, I don't remember it. But I know if I yeah. watched it, I don't think it was good. I don't know. Okay. I don't have a good memory. The first two are classics. Yeah. It's true. I think it's true. But yeah, rounding it back into movies, I guess you did a great job with Shrek. But I do have a, do have a question. This week has been very buzzy about Fast and Furious and Jurassic Park having a crossover. Did you see that? I saw that multiple times in memes, and then I thought this is made up. So then I looked it up and discovered that 
people are actually talking about this. Did you see that? Uh, yeah. So I only saw it through we got this covered. Like I saw like a like through Instagram. You know, you know when they just clip out like a Twitter tweet uh, and then just post it there. And it was we got this covered posting about it. Um. So immediately I was like, oh, this is total bullshit. But you're telling me this is real? Like this is an actual thing they want to do? Universal? I don't think they want to do it. Let's just be clear. We Got This Covered is the worst. And I think that We Got This Covered is taking this small, tiny, little nugget and they're running with it. They're like, oh, this is going to happen. And uh, the directors and producers are all committed. Mm. That's not the case. Uh, Justin Lin at a press conference for Fast and Furious because that's, I think, coming out this week? Next. Oh, next week. Mm -hmm. It did come out somewhere there, though. Didn't it come out in China or something? Possibly. Uh, Yeah, it it would make sense because John Cena did that weird apology video to the Chinese government for calling Taiwan a country. Oh, yeah. Just weird. It's creepy. Oh, I never watched that. Oh, it's very uncomfortable. Why is it a creepy video? He looks like he's he looks like he's a hostage. He looks like there's a gun to his freaking face and they're just recording him. No way. It's like, hey, smile for the camera and apologize to the government of China in Mandarin. Oh, my God. And he he, he speaks fluent Mandarin. I'll give him that or what I assume to be fluent Mandarin. Oh, yeah. Wow. Good for him. Yeah, I guess for knowing the language, uh, but apologizing for uh, who cares? I don't want to get into it. That that is very political. Yeah, try not to be too political in this podcast. Unless it's, I mean, I mean, we'll we'll talk politics to some extent if it directly relates, like you know, and we you know we kind of need to, but not very often do we mm-hmm. talk politics. Like COVID has affected <sighs> the way we can w- go watch a movie in theaters. So naturally, we talk about that. If you want to play politics with COVID nineteen, I guess that's politics. Yeah. Is that politics? Kind of, because uh, we ranted about the provincial government. Oh, yeah. Right. So How the Ford government's handling the pandemic. Yeah. But yeah, anyways, Justin Lin. Let's get back to Fast and Furious real quick here. Longtime Fast and Furious director, Justin Lin. He said in some press conference, he's like, he was asked whether he entertained. And by the way, I'm reading this from CNET, which is actually not that bad of a, in terms of reputation. So I think that they kind of know what they're talking about. This is not a We Got This Covered article. But anyway, he was basically asked whether he was would entertain the idea of crossing over Jurassic World and Fast and Furious. And he said, well, I've never said never to anything. And the fact that part of our philosophy is not to ever be boxed in or labeled, and that's all I'll say. That's it? That's it. Oh. That's what he said, and now people believe that that's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's about family. You know what these dinosaurs can't get in the way of? Family. The problem is Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez, Rodriguez, who are both stars of Vast and Furious, were both asked a similar question. And Rodriguez said, I know you love Michelle Rodriguez and her acting ability, Adrian. I'm just not a fan of her acting ability. She might be a nice lady, but uh, yeah. honestly, ever since Lost, not a big fan of her. Yep. Yep. Anyways, she said, with a similar question, she said, once you reach a certain pinnacle... There's nowhere to go but to cross-brand and merge. It's what big corporations do with each other when they get too big. You know what I mean? You just have to brand and merge with each other. But the only thing standing in the way is lawyers and studios because usually the brands that you're trying to merge belong to different studios or whatever. But it's under the same umbrella. I don't know. I'm just saying it works. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. Adrian, this doesn't work. That, that's what I was going to get to here. This is a stupid idea. That's all I'm going to say. This is dumb, and I don't want this. 
I, I don't know if you're feeling the same way, but every time I saw a meme about this, anytime I saw anything online, I was like, nah, this is, this is stupid. I, why would you merge this? You're going to just merge everything? Why don't you just merge every, every franchise ever made? Yeah. Well, okay, listen here. I wouldn't want this to be like a canon, like, hey, by the way, the Fast and Furious universe is actually connected to the Jurassic Park universe. However, if they did a one-off sort of thing, why the hell not, man? That's just more dinosaurs. I think that would be hilarious. You'd just be absolutely ridiculous. Just these people, you know, flying their cars away from like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. You know what I mean? Or the Indominus Rex. And then you see all these characters that you know and love from the Fast and Furious franchise just get killed by dinosaurs. I think that would be pretty awesome. And I think that would make a crap ton of money. But again, I don't want it to be like, hey, by the way, the way Jurassic World 3 is going to be is literally that movie. I'd be like, what yeah, the hell? Yeah, Vin Diesel shows up suddenly. Yeah. Yeah, and he's driving the car. Yeah, hell no to that. Real fast. And suddenly it's flying somehow through the air because the Fast and Furious movies have gotten ridiculous and more, more like, uh, not science denying, but, you know, mm -hmm. defy all laws of physics yeah. in every every film more and more. Definitely. You know what crossover I would love to see? What? Jurassic Parks and Recreation. <laughs> oh, How about that? That's dumb. We already got Chris Pratt. He's already in both, uh, bo both universes. He can be the merger. You know what I mean? We bring in Ron Swanson. He just slaps a raptor right in the face. How about that? That wouldn't work. Ron Swanson would die. No, not in this universe. They understand he's an alpha. Actually, you know what? Ron Swanson probably would be the only one not to die because I feel like he would be smart about this yeah. whole situation. He definitely has a gun. He's a pretty smart dude. Yeah. Multiple guns. He's a cabin in the woods as well, so I feel like he's used to the survival aspects. Yeah. Hunting. Yeah. That'd be cool. Anyways, yeah. Yeah. It's a nice hypothetical. It is, but I don't want that. Fast and Furious and and Jurassic World. I think it's silly. Again, I'm all I'm all in for that if it's like a one off. That's not actually like canon. That'd be awesome. <sighs> Remember when uh, Quentin Tarantino? There was like rumors, or or he was he was gonna make a Star Trek movie using like the existing like Star Trek cast, but it would be like a alternate timeline. It was supposed to be like an R rated Star Trek movie, and uh, they were gonna bring in Chris Hemsworth as well to play. I think Chris Pine's like father or something. There, it like. Did you hear about this? I did hear about the Quentin Tarantino going to do a Star Trek movie mm -hmm. type scenario, but I didn't think they had anything in terms of cast planned out at all. Are you sure about that? Or is this just rumors? Because the Quentin Tarantino thing, I'm fairly certain he was going to do that at some point, but then they kind of nixed that or it's sitting in the wings and no one's quite sure whether that's happening. Yeah, I, I don't know. I might be wrong, but I could have sworn that uh, it was with the existing cast and they were going to bring them in. But again, um, I'm not going to look it up right now because <laughs> I don't care enough. But I, I do remember hearing that. I do want to see. That would be awesome to see a Quentin Tarantino directed Star Trek movie. Come on. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, man. I, I like pretty much everything he has directed. And I don't know. I, I, I don't love Star Trek, though. Like, I, I'm not really attached to it. I haven't watched the series. I never watched these J.J. Abrams movies. Um, but I feel like I'd, I would watch it if he was doing it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Okay. Cool. Cool. Let's reach into the mailbag for a moment here, shall we? We ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And Kenneth Stadelbauer wrote into us <gasps> once again. Oh my goodness, Ken. Hey, you're back. I missed you. And he said, 
Gents, in regards to Kevin Smith movies, we talked about Kevin Smith movies last week. Yeah. I'd recommend watching or watching again Chasing Amy, Dogma, and possibly Red State. Movies that ended up being surprisingly interesting stories of relationships, religion, and the last showing John Goodman's acting ability. Smith's other movies are definitely hit or miss. Although Clerks 1 and 2 will have a more personal impact on retail and fast food workers. Tusk wasn't a phenomenal movie, but it was definitely original. One of the best things about it being Johnny Depp agreeing to do it only if he could bring in his own makeup artist, Joel Harlow. Smith still insists that he is making Moose Jaws, the last installment of his Canadian trilogy. But like many of his projects, that may take years if it ever sees the light of day. Signed, Kenneth, and in classic Kenneth fashion, he's ended it with a quote here, quote, only someone who doesn't understand art tells an artist their art somehow failed. How the fuck can art fail? Art can't be graded because it's going to mean something different to everyone, unquote. And that's a quote by Kevin Smith, and in brackets, director of several movies that failed at the box office. (laughs) That's funny. Thank you, Kenneth, for writing in to us again. It's been a hiatus of Ken's letters, Mm -hmm. and I do appreciate the the write-ins. It's awesome. And yeah, we talked about Kevin Smith's movies last week. Um, I don't have a lot of perspective on Kevin Smith movies just because I haven't watched, I don't think I've watched any of them. It's kind of embarrassing. But yeah, I don't think I've seen... Like none at all, eh? I don't think so. Hmm. I, uh, maybe I've seen Jay and Silent Bob, like maybe a bit. Of, I must have. I must have seen either, the, but like way back, like when I was a child, hmm. I might have seen one or two of those movies. But other than that, I don't have as much of a perspective. And even then, I can't remember them that well. But I am looking forward to, and I think I am going to watch that Masters of the Universe Netflix series. So that might happen. Yeah, that, that he is, uh, der- like, he's he's showrunner for that, correct? Yeah, he's yeah he's the he's the showrunner for that. Cool. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I might actually rewatch Dogma and then give, like, Chasing Amy and Red State. Because, again, I, I don't think I've watched many of his movies, but the, the movies I have watched, I feel like, are I have fairly lukewarm thoughts on. Um, but again, I, I feel like I remember like in Dogma. I, again, it's just one of those like things that happened so long ago. Uh, but maybe I'll give it a uh, give it a sh- chance and maybe it'll change my opinion on him a little bit more. Or sorry, not opinion on the person, but opinion on his movies and stuff like that. Right, again, yeah. I, I'll definitely watch that Masters of the Universe or at least give it a chance so we can do a little sort of review, review for the Masters of the Universe uh, series. But yeah, who knows? Who knows? Maybe. Just maybe I'll watch one of these movies sometime soon and let you know if my mind was changed. All righty then. Cool. Super cool. Thanks again, Ken. Indeed. Adrian, so you haven't watched many Kevin Smith movies this week. What have you been watching this week, Adrian? What have you been watching? Well, Simon, last week you recommended a movie called Abducted in Plain Sight, which is a documentary. Ooh. On Netflix. And I'm here to tell you, I didn't watch that. What I did. Wa- no, I'm just kidding. I did- <laughs> oh, <laughs> I did, did watch, watch it. it. I did watch it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got you. I double caught you. It's really good, man. Um, However, I definitely understand what you mean about it. The- these these emotions that you feel through it. I was incredibly frustrated watching this freaking documentary. And right. It is so 
pissed offness worthy whatever <laughs> i i was livid i was literally watching the screen being like what the fuck like why is this happening it is a wild ride it is absolutely nuts and it keeps on getting crazier and crazier and crazier and i just kept on like looking at the screen being like why is this happening how is this happening what, like what is even going on it's like this time capsule of of you know these events that are that happened you know back in the i think it's 70s and it's just so nuts and it made me just think like was everyone just so ignorant about everything back then it is unbelievable it's genuinely unbelievable and something i don't think could ever happen in this day and age simply because of the internet and everything like that but my god was it a wild ride? And I really appreciate you recommending it. I highly recommend everyone watch this. Um, if you have a Netflix subscription, if you want to be pissed off for about an hour and 30 minutes, watch it. But also thoroughly entertained. Exactly. Yeah, it's very yeah. entertaining. And again, it's just, it's a, it's a wild ride that kept on getting crazier. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. I, I just could not. It's nuts. It's that so That story good. is crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Yeah. Uh, 100% I really recommend it. Um, what have you watched, my friend? Um, a couple things. But one thing I'm wondering if you watched was the Reminiscence trailer with Hugh Jackman. Mm, yes, I actually did watch that trailer. Um, it's written and I think directed by Lisa Joy, who is right. the co-creator of Westworld, along with Jonathan Nolan. Um, and the trailer just gives me serious, like almost like the prestige inception. It's very Nolan in Christopher Nolan fashion esque mm -hmm. in the way that the trailer feels. And it feels like it's going to be a trippy movie it stars Hugh Jackman and um, oh, my goodness, Rebecca Ferguson. Right. Yes. Yeah. So I uh, I'm looking forward to that one. I must say, I don't know that Lisa Joy has really directed that much. Like she directed an episode of Westworld and a few mm -hmm. other things, but she's not uh, known for her directing from my understanding. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, for sure. This is her first feature that she's created. Am I correct in that assumption? I think that's correct. Yeah. But uh, definitely the first feature she's direct uh, directing. Maybe she wrote something right. uh, prior to that, but yeah, man, I definitely agree with you. It's, it seems very Nolan-esque. It seems very trippy and odd. This trailer is very well put together because I have no idea <laughs> what is going on. It doesn't reveal anything, but it brings you in. It makes you very intrigued. Um, it seems like they're doing a super cool like world, um, like what's going on in it. Uh, the trailer pretty much is just like, yeah, you know, there's nothing to look forward to. So people are so eager to like, I guess, consume like the past and, and feel nostalgic. And I guess they go into these little machines where you can just re-experience your former experiences. Um, but yeah, it looks wild. It looks very good. I feel like it's going to ask a lot of these like questions. Um, it's going to make you think for sure. Yeah. I I'm, I'm excited for this one. Honestly, I I'm very interested in it. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at IMDb. It seems like, yes, Lisa Joy directed one episode of Westworld. And other than that, Reminiscence. Oh, so. cool. That's wild. It's worth checking out the trailer if you're into Christopher Nolan or Jon Jonathan Nolan uh, movies. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It seems like it's uh, going to be good, but who, who knows? You never know. Oh, yeah. Thandie Newton's in it as well from Westworld. Yeah. Who's great. Just absolutely amazing in Westworld, too. So 
Yeah, I'm definitely intrigued. Yeah, it's a HBO Max and theatrical release, same same time. Yeah, it's coming out in August, I think. So I'm hoping I got my fingers crossed that we are open at that point. Like theaters are open in Canada or in Ontario, I should say. At that point, it's gonna get these vaccinations into arms mm-hmm. so we can go to the theaters. I know, dude. I as soon as they open the theaters, I'm gonna go like quite literally. Every single night, if the movies that I want to watch are still in theaters, like if a quiet place is still in theaters, if In the Heights is still in theaters, if Black Widow is still in theaters, I'm just going to go three days in a row. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah, just do double features and double feature each day. Yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. Watch the same movie twice. Well, I think there's going to be too too many movies, theoretically. Mm -mm. Yeah, maybe. Have you watched anything else this week, Adrian? Yes, Simon Edie, I have watched something else, and that is uh, Raya... And The Last Dragon. It's been made. Me too. Oh my gosh, you too? What are the odds? Are you serious? Unbelievable. What? What? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, so it is now free on Disney Plus. So if you have a Disney Plus subscription, um, you now have just access to it at no additional cost, which is really nice. Alternatively, right. if you don't have a Disney Plus subscription, I think you can buy it for $25. I didn't check if you can rent it yet, uh, but you can buy it for uh, 25 bucks on, or maybe 35 bucks on whatever. Um, service you want itunes amazon i'm sure all that sort of stuff but uh yeah i watched it it's the new disney animated adventure starring raya who's played by kelly marie tran um probably best known for a role in star wars the last jedi the second best star wars movie of all time it's a phenomenal movie i love the last jedi i'll stand by it and uh they did kelly marie tran dirty in uh, jj abrams ninth movie of the star wars franchise Star Wars, this one sucked. Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah. They did her so yeah. dirty. I feel bad for her. And I, I feel especially bad for her because the man of like just hate she got yeah. online. And then they, they actually bent for these toxic fans who legitimately don't know a good story if that if it hit them in the face. Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah. They're not fans. They're pieces of garbage. Anyways. No, it's not about not being fans. They're just being toxic online. Yeah, like, just being the hate on Twitter was unacceptable in every capacity. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. The, the fact that the studio decided that that would be enough to not have her. That's so unfortunate. To yeah, not yeah. have her barely basically featured in the movie at all. She had like 50 seconds silly. of screen time. Like some of the yeah. videos. In Rise of Skywalker specifically, yeah. Yeah. It's very disappointing. Yeah. Um, anyway. and then yeah, it's starring Aquafina as well as the dra- the last dragon. She's the last one of them. There's no more dragons. She's the last one. It's it's her dragon. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did what did you think of the movie? Uh I thought the animation animation was incredible. I thought the water animations were I d I don't think I've seen <laughs> greater water animations in a Disney or Pixar film, maybe. If that mm-hmm. makes any sense. The music was really great. I, I'm just a big fan of scores in general. So James Newton Howard's score is awesome. Mm-hmm. And I found that the the journey, because it's like a, she's basically traveling with this band of people. And she just keeps collecting people along the way. And I found that the each all the all the different characters that Raya collects along the way on her journey are extremely it's eclectic and they're all out there outlandish and hilarious. And I, I thought that that was amazing. There's a great number of laughs. I thought the fight choreography was really great. Yeah. I, I think that, I don't know. They, I, they really nailed home the concept of Kumandra, like the, 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 the land she lives in. Mm-hmm. 
the culture of Commandra, how the world works and all of that very well. I thought that they just did such a great job really telling that story of what this land is in, in a very short period of time. Because again, this, you don't have that much time to tell this story. And uh, I guess she's a Raya's a Disney princess. So, so that's yeah, what a great, I guess, I guess inspiring uh, young lady to be a Disney princess. Like she's not just, you know, being saved by the prince, which they, they seem to be doing constantly nowadays in, in Disney. But I just want to point that out. That That's great. Yeah, she's just like this badass character formidable. that goes on this yeah. adventure that's, you know, she's trying to save, like it kind of flips on its head. Yeah, like she, she wants to, you know, bring everyone together, bring all these different warring nations together and, you know, I guess, yeah, just bring peace to the, the realms, I guess. And she, yeah, she's a very great character. I really like Raya as a character and I think Kelly Marie Tran does a fantastic job portraying her. And I honestly agree with pretty much everything you said. The animation is absolutely beautiful. Um, like top tier, I definitely know what you mean with the water. There's um, a couple scenes where they're on like a river and it just looks so freaking beautiful, especially when the rain is falling in the movie. I was watching it on my OLED yeah. and again, yeah, you know, it's streaming at 4K. It's freaking gorgeous. It's one of the one of the best looking animated movies I've seen um, while still, you know, kind of maintaining that simple, maybe not simple, but that Disney animation style. Um, and again, I don't really have anything negatives negative to say about it um i just didn't love it uh i guess that's the best way to put oh, it I, I really did like it like i think it's a great movie um but yeah i didn't i wasn't in love with it i think okay i think i agree with you that the cast of characters um that she gets along the way are very eclectic and they're interesting uh, interesting but you mentioned it it the movie is not too long it's about an hour and a half and these characters an hour and 50 it's almost two hours almost two hours uh, it's just not enough time to expand on these characters much or make them all that three-dimensional, I guess is the best way to put it. It's really just her, one. I guess, the rival that she has in the movie. And then even, I would say, The Last Dragon, played by uh, Aquafina, I think the name's Sisu or something like that, is yeah. fairly one-note, I would find. Um, I don't necessarily think Aquafina's style of comedy and humor necessarily translates uh in an animated form i didn't i know you said that there's a lot of good laughs but i you know chuckled a couple times throughout the movie but i don't think it's as funny as you know like tangled as an example or even frozen um for those like more recent movies or moana um that you know there there were little scenes where i was just like laughing incredibly hard obnoxiously loud it didn't really have any of those moments for me um this the world that they've created was super interesting as well and it gave me a lot of avatar the last airbender vibes you know this uh one person that could save the the world or put bring all the nations together um and then again collecting that like eclectic cast of characters along the way avatar does a very similar thing but avatar does it better because it's a tv series and it can you know take its time expanding and developing all these characters throughout and i almost wish that this was like a Disney animated series. I can definitely see them making this into a series. Um, but the way it, I guess, ends. It, kind of, I mean, yeah, the yeah way, I was about to say that, like the way it ends, I don't think, I mean, unless you're going to just make an expanded version of this movie. Yeah. It seems like that ain't going to happen. Yeah. Which is kind of unfortunate. Um, but again, like it's, I'm not really super down on it. I just didn't love it. I, I think it is a really great movie and uh, everything that you mentioned, like I agree with, it's just, 
those are a couple of things that kind of stuck out to me. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I, can, I can see where, where you didn't like it. Yeah, I can see where they could have expanded on certain characters. I did like Aquafina and her role. I also think that you just mentioned it, but uh, Kelly Murray trans voice acting ability in this movie, I thought she was really good. Amazing. Really. Yeah. Like I've never seen her. I don't think she's done a feature film in terms of voice acting before. Maybe I'm wrong. Like it, it, at least one as big as this. So I, I thought she was really, I, again, amazing. So I, yeah, I was very impressed with her and she was a great lead. And then Aquafina, I thought she was good. I don't know. I, I thought her humor did translate okay. You're right. There were some points I feel like maybe it wasn't, the the, the jokes didn't land as much as they could have maybe. Yeah. But uh, I did like it. I, I agree with you in that some of these characters are collecting just don't have enough time to be developed. There's just no time because it's an hour and 50 minutes or whatever, but okay. Yeah, I can see that. Cool, man. Yeah, I, I definitely recommend it. I think it's more than worth watching. And if you have a Disney plus subscription, like, Oh yeah. Why the hell not? You know, take two hours out of your day and get a nice bowl of popcorn and watch it. You know what I mean? Um, it's definitely worth watching. Based on what you just said, I, I'm curious if you had bought this for $35 with premier access, would you, how disappointed would you have been? Um, I, I'd probably be fairly disappointed, but I don't know, M- maybe not. Maybe because I put in that money, I would be looking for all the things to like more about it as opposed to being hypercritical. Oh. Um, who knows? Okay. Yeah. I, I can't really predict that. Um, <laughs> to be honest with you, I, I can yeah. see like, there's definitely value in this, um, movie. Don't get me wrong, but, um, like $35 above the subscription price of Disney plus again, <laughs> like not for me personally, but I can see, uh, for some people. Yeah. Uh, definitely not for me personally, but uh, like when I compare it to um, Soul that came out uh, late last year, like I think that movie is better than this one. I I, I still don't understand what percent that is not. Yeah. What are the parameters? Is yeah, that what you're about to say. Exactly. I'm, I'm just confused as to what makes a movie premier access worthy and what doesn't, because I think like pound for pound, Soul is a better movie and a lot of ways i i i freaking adore that movie um again it's probably my least favorite pete doctor movie but it doesn't it's again comparing just amazing things with an, uh, other amazing things and even uh that came out earlier i think we talked about it a couple weeks back mitchell's versus the machines that came out on netflix like that was again another movie that that i think i enjoyed a heck of a lot more than ryan the last dragon and i was laughing out loud multiple times i like cried during that movie but this movie, I didn't feel too many emotions, um, which is a little bit disappointing. Yeah, that I would agree with too. Yeah, I definitely I cried. I think multiple times in Soul. Mm-hmm. So to to put it in a perspective of Disney owned properties, because I mean the Mitchells versus the Machines is on obviously on Netflix, but yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those weird things again. The arbitrary nonsense of Premier Access, though, we can talk forever on that. We've talked about that on multiple episodes. We just don't believe in Premier Access. It just doesn't make a lot of sense and. I, I'm not a fan, so I, I just don't think I'm going to become a fan. And I think the true test of Premier Access is ultimately going to be Black Widow when it launches because it's the the movie, it's the first Marvel movie to launch in a long time. And I think that if they're going to have people buy into it at any point, that would be the movie to do it. So yeah, yeah, I, I agree 100. I mean, Marvel it has such a huge market share, literally. I guess now the second, um, like they had the second highest grossing movie of all time after Avatar's re-release and everything like that. So, I mean, everyone loves Marvel. I think everyone's hungry for like a Marvel movie. I know um, that's the problem with this. But. So I, I imagine it's going to do incredibly well. 
like hell man like we even like i've even told you like i'm even slightly tempted i'm not gonna do it i'm gonna vote with my wallet and not do it but i'm even slightly tempted like i want to watch this goddamn movie but at the very least know. you know we get loki next week uh starting on wednesday um or i guess this week i'm um, starting on wednesday so i'll eat i'll at least have my marvel fill and Everything goes well, and you know we we Ontario got a big shipment of Pfizer vaccines again. So if uh, we can up this vaccine rate, hopefully theaters will be open by the time Black Widow launches. But who knows? Yeah, like hopefully, like uh, the Cineplex CEO, like Ellis Jacob, like pushes the Ford government a bit, and maybe we'll get Black Widow in theaters in in Ontario. You know, just as it launches, like it's possible. But yeah, like yeah. just to be again clear, like the whole idea of why we don't like Premier Access is because direct to consumer, it, it's very profitable for a company like Disney, and they can push that envelope, and other companies can start doing Premier Access, and you'll get movies like The Gray Man potentially on a Premier Access type scenario for Netflix, and so they can push that industry in that way, and I believe that that's the case. Direct to consumer is very popular, and. It's the reason argue, people argue that retail might be dying. So if you haven't watched previous episodes, we talked about this at length. And, and so, again, I hope people try to go to the theaters if they can, if it's safe to do so. Otherwise, maybe hold out. If you can't hold out, I know, buy it if you need to on Premier Access. But again, keep in mind, Disney is watching these numbers so closely because they want to know how many of us will buy in. Ultimately, the full profit of $35 is going straight into their pockets. Yeah. So they pay theaters a massive amount of money to have these movies in, in theaters. And, and, like it, it's massive, in, I mean, in relation to if you're looking at the difference between Premier Access and a theatrical release. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. Also, I'm a Cineplex shareholder and I want them to make money. Oh, are you now? You're a Cineplex shareholder now, right? <laughs> yeah, man. I'm on the board. You're on the board. Mm-hmm. No, I'm serious. Are you actually sure? No, I'm not. Oh, okay. I'm not too into stonks. I did, uh, however, invest in AMC a couple weeks back, and I've uh, made a nice profit. Oh, that's nice. Did you sell it and actually like make a profit? No, baby. I don't got paper hands. Diamond hands. I, I'm not sure what that means because you didn't make anything until you sell it. Yeah, that's true. I'm still like positive, like a uh, couple grand. So I'm very happy. Oh, it's nice, man. Never invest what you're not willing to lose is what I learned. Indeed. And say, because that's what other people have told me to do. But yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm excited. Hopefully I make uh, money on that. If I don't, I'll break even. Who cares? Potentially, potentially. Cool. Alrighty then. Alrighty. Alrighty. Shall we move on to the news, Adrian? Sure. I'm not leaving the pause in. It's too long. Why not? Just leave the pause in. It's good. It's good. The pregnant pause is nice. It was like a 15 second pause. You want them to be paying attention. You want them to look at their phones. <sighs> you want them so. to be intrigued. I don't think so. You want them waiting. You want them begging for more content. That's why you put in the pregnant pause. Yeah. No, I think they'll get bored and say, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna turn on Smartless or some other podcast. Smartless? Ugh. Anyways, let's begin with a small collection of more focused stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number one. As reported by website Variety, Sony Motion Pictures Group president Sanford Panich claims that there is in fact a plan to connect Tom Holland's Spider-Man within Sony's Spider-Man film universe. Actor Tom Holland was first introduced to us as Spider-Man within Disney's Marvel Cinematic Universe when Disney and Sony made the unprecedented deal to lend Spider-Man to the MCU in 2014. Sony has owned the rights to Marvel's Spider-Man and 900-plus Spider-Man connected 
characters since the year 1999. As of late, Sony has been building up its own Spider-Man film universe, presumably apart from Disney's Marvel Cinematic Universe, with its launch of the Tom Hardy-starring 2018 Venom movie, the upcoming 2021 sequel film Venom Let There Be Carnage, the 2022 Jared Leto-starring Morbius film, and the recently greenlit Craven the Hunter movie featuring Tenet actor Aaron Taylor Johnson. Despite a Sony-implied assumption that Tom Holland's Spider-Man exists within the same universe as Morbius, Venom, and Craven the Hunter, there has so far been little to no references to his existence within this Sony Spider-Verse. In his recent interview with Variety, Panich said, quote, We don't really think of our 900 characters as the Spideyverse. We have a Marvel Universe. The volume of characters we have, you know, wait until you see this next Venom, you don't miss Spider-Man. It'll be exciting if they do meet, right? Unquote. Later on in the interview, in an attempt to appease fears of the Sony Marvel-verse being a potential convoluted mess, Panish explained, quote, There actually is a plan. I think now maybe it's getting a little more clear for people where we are headed. And I think when Spider-Man No Way Home comes out, even more will be revealed. Unquote. Adrian, do you think that it's becoming more clear for people? No. And what do you think about this news? This Panish guy seems like he doesn't even know what the hell he's saying. It doesn't. What? Like, no, it is not becoming more clear for people. If anything, this is a incredible. It is literally a convoluted mess. Like, quite literally. It's so confusing. You cast Aaron Taylor Johnson now as Craven the Hunter, who was Quicksilver in Avengers Age of Ultron. Now, mind you, we can get past that because there have been, you know, the same actor playing multiple roles. I mentioned uh, Gemma Chan. She is one of the people in Captain Marvel. And then she is now the lead in the Eternals Marvel movie that's coming out. Um, right. And unrelated, but I just wanted to mention it briefly. I don't know if you noticed, but Gemma Chan was in Ryan the Last Dragon. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, a Nymira, Nymira, the oh. villain. Oh, okay. Oh, wild. No, I didn't even know that. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, we didn't even mention it's like the the vast majority of the cast is uh, like an Asian cast for Ryan the Last Dragon, which is pretty cool. Namari. Her name was Namari, the character. Mm. Not to be confused with the movie Minari, who is not a character. It is, in fact, a movie. Yes. Yes. That's true. That's true. Yeah. We've really tangented. Are we going to start talking about Minari and how sad that movie is? No, it's such a good movie, though. Anyways, this Panich guy, um, it is a convoluted mess. Uh, again, it, it seems very unclear. So again, there's that Aaron Taylor Johnson thing. But on top of that, in the Morbius trailer, there is literally Michael Keaton, who is the, who, right. who's, who's the vulture at the end of that right. trailer. Yeah. Wearing the same prison uniform that is in the after credit scene of... Spider-Man, the, f- the first Spider-Man movie of the MCU. Yes. And you know what I was thinking when I saw that as well? And actually, no, actually not when I saw that, but now I was just thinking, you know how they've been doing in a lot of movies, they've been showing things in trailers, but then they, they don't come to fruition in the movie itself. Mm-hmm. I was wondering, what if they did that with that? That'd be so ridiculous. I like, they could not live that down. It's possible. I know. But I was just being, do weird things. And yeah. so that's kind of why I put that in this write-up. I, I kind of said that they don't really have any clear connections between Tom Holland's Spider-Man and these villains like Venom so yeah. far. Like that that trailer kind of was like, okay, this is happening. But they they didn't really 
commit to it. <laughs> so I'm not sure. We haven't seen Morbius yet, so we'll find out. But yeah, you're right. I, I think it is a convoluted mess. And yeah. I don't know. Yeah, another thing to point out um, as well is the quote here where he goes, we don't really think of our 900 characters as a Spideyverse. We have a Marvelverse. The volume of characters we have, you know, wait until you see the next Venom. That is never what you want to hear. Did they not learn from Spider-Man 3? From Amazing Spider-Man 2? You don't want an excessive amount of characters. Or at least you don't want it from a studio that doesn't understand how to balance these characters. Well, well, that's the important part. Because honestly, uh, you can do it, obviously. Yeah. Like if you watch, again, obviously, yeah. Avengers. Yeah, Avengers Infinity War, Endgame. Even Civil with, War. Yeah, yeah, I was just about to say, Captain America Civil War kind of started it off where they just brought so many characters together, like even more than the original Avengers movie or Age of Ultron. Um, and did it incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't trust when Sony has the full reins to these to these characters. I just don't trust that they just don't see dollar signs and just meddle in it and do weird things. And because Venom was not a great movie, it was okay. Like the Tom Hardy 2018 Venom movie was just an okay movie, and I just don't trust Sony with this. Like I'm so glad they were able to keep their relationship with Kevin Feige. Mm-hmm. One other part of this Panish interview that this is these quotes were from um, was actually him mentioning that Sony has a great relationship with Kevin Feige. And despite the fact that No Way Home, uh, the next Spider-Man movie that's coming out in December, uh, despite the fact that that's the last movie, it seems like it's there's a good chance, like it's the last movie that Sony's making with a Marvel influence. Mm-hmm. So I think that they still have potential for another deal to come along where they might still connect Spider-Man within the MCU. Although actually, to be quite honest, I think Marvel, like Disney's Marvel, does have another appearance that they can do contractually to Mm -hmm. have Tom Paul and Spider-Man in their universe as well. But I think that they might re-up the deal just based on what Panish was saying. So that's a good thing about this interview. But ultimately I find, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) They have 900 characters. It's great, but they're not, they haven't done anything historically like marvel did with guardians of the galaxy to base a movie around lesser known characters and make that popular yeah or to bring up the internals which i don't know anything about and it looks already with that trailer that first trailer for eternals looks like it's going to be great Mm -hmm. or like the inhumans that great series (laughs) that inhumans yeah and inhumans uh accepted on this one not not including inhumans yeah um but yeah, man, I don't know. I, this doesn't make me confident. It makes me a little bit worried. I don't, I think you're being optimistic with the idea that they might make another deal with Tom Holland. But I think with the success that Venom was and what I presume Venom to, um, thank God they, they, they got a different wig. Um, well, it's just his hair. I, I'm pretty sure that it, that is his hair. I think so. I hope, I don't know. I hope so. Like uh, we're talking about Woody Harrelson. Yes, if correct. You, if you don't know what we're talking about, if you've seen the Venom movie at the very end of the Venom movie, there's a shot. There's going to be Harrelson carnage. With the- as carnage. And he looks like he's wearing a, a wig from Party City. It's, it's literally great. Carrot Top. Like They went to Party City, they saw a Carrot Top wig, and they grabbed it and then s- snipped it down a bit maybe. Yeah. Remember Carrot Top? Rem- what? Remember Carrot Top? Are you asking me or? Yeah. Is this a reference? Okay, because you, your voice went real high there, and I wasn't quite sure. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't matter. Who cares? 
I actually am not super familiar with Carrot Top, to be quite honest. But anyway. I think Sideshow Bob is based on him. Okay. I could be wrong or making that up. Who knows? It doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just not confident. I, I think, it, again, I, I lost my train of thought. I think, oh yeah, with the ex- success of Venom and presumably Venom 2, um, Woody Harrelson is using his regular hair and not the Party City wig. If that's also successful, I think it reduces the chance of them making another deal. Uh, and them just being like, oh, we don't need Marvel anymore. We're going to be profitable and then just bring Tom Holland Spider-Man back. Because regardless of if they make a shit movie, if they have Tom Holland Spider-Man back, at the very least, it's going to make money that first time around. At the very least. Um, I think if Venom, like the sequel, doesn't do well and it's, you know, it's critically panned and then Morbius, which comes out early 22, is, you know, total shit as well. I uh, I think then maybe we'll we'll have a chance. It's it's possible, but uh, again, I'm not I'm not going to be optimistic about this man. Unfortunately, I so think. the shittier the movies, the more likely it is that they'll make another deal with Marvel and Kevin Feige. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. I was thinking about how the fact that they're they're kind of hesitant to have Tom Holland in this universe and all the stuff that Panish was saying. But I'm wondering, is it because these movies potentially are garbage and you don't want to stain stain the- the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies with the shitty, shitty like smell of the other movies. Yeah, it is weird in this universe because like well, they don't have anything right now. Like the Venom movies at twenty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't mm-hmm. know if you noticed that. I-, I didn't even notice that. I didn't hate it that much. Yeah. But at the same time, it's whatever. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But it, you know how much it made? Actually, you said Venom made a lot of money. You know how much it made? Was it an over a billion? It wasn't, but it was close to a billion. It oh. was like eight hundred and something million dollars. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, man. People care about that stuff. I mean, like Tom Hardy is amazing. Again, I think he's the only saving grace from that first movie. Um, his 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 work there, but yeah, you know, just not a good movie. Yeah, not a great movie. Um, but again, yeah, man. Like he even says, like it'll be exciting if they do meet, right? Like question mark. Um, about uh, Spider Man. So yeah, like. It almost seems like he is a little bit hesitant and it might be because he's not confident in what's to come. What I don't really get is why they just don't like just do Miles Morales. Just have a different Spider-Man. Keep Peter Parker with the MCU and why not bring in Miles Morales? Like, why don't we have a live action Miles Morales? You've seen with Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse that he's a popular character. That movie did incredibly well. Literally won an Oscar for best animated feature. Bring in that character, bring in that charm, you know, uh, show that extra bit of diversity of, you know, like a half black, half Puerto Rican, you know, teen living in New York and and then have him go up against like Tom Hardy's Venom. Like, do do be a little bit more creative. We don't need Peter Parker every single time. And if we mess up this Peter Parker a third time, I don't want to see a fourth freaking Peter Parker in the span, like within 20 years or 25 years or however long. You know what I mean? Like, it's just. I don't understand why they're not going out of that comfort zone. They've already proven it that they that they can with Into the Spider Verse and it's profitable. And even with uh, Insomniacs like PlayStation uh, game Spider Man Miles Morales, like that game is selling incredibly well and it's well reviewed, well liked. People like that version of Miles as well. Like I just I don't know. I think it's a missed opportunity. It's a little bit disappointing that they're not confident enough to do something like that. Yeah, I don't know. They they seem confident to keep bringing these obscure characters but i guess if they could mess up the obscure characters they're not really losing much yeah so i guess that's the reasoning it's weird like when he says like it's going to become more clear when where we're headed with no way when no way home comes out i wonder like is it 
are they this is just the dc route isn't it like we're going to create the multiverse so all of this stuff all of the stuff that came before it that might have been shitty but not shitty and the good stuff and the bad stuff can all come together in this weird multiverse mm-hmm. and it's all okay is that is that kind of what is being implied maybe it's interesting like I, I don't know. It's weird. You're right, though. Where is Miles Morales? Why are you focusing? You're spending a lot of money on Craven the Hunter and Morbius and these weird B villains. I don't really get it. It's odd. Craven the Hunter, I guess, is less of a B villain than Morbius. But like, what's going on? Yeah, it's strange. Like strange focuses that don't make a lot of sense. I never really cared that much about Venom, to be honest. Either yeah. he's cool looking, but I don't. He's whatever. Ven- it's a cool he, idea. Fighting Spider Man. There's no Spider-Man in it. Yeah. I, I do like Spider-Man. He's a cool character. And the the relatability of Spider-Man and Peter Parker is great. And there isn't, not that there's nothing, but there's not a lot of real relatability with Eddie Brock, a.k.a. Venom. Now, currently, they could do something with that. But are they going to do that with Let There Be Carnage? Yeah, who knows? What, you haven't sat in a restaurant in an aquarium and eaten a lobster in front of a bunch of people? That's not relatable? No, I haven't. Have you? Yeah, man. I feel like we've all been there. Yeah. Uh, what, what an, like an interesting plot twist. Who knows? Like he says, like, we'll know more when Spider-Man No Way Home comes out. What if it is the multiverse thing? Toby Maguire, Andrew Garfield, they come back. Andrew Garfield hates yeah. Mondays. And boom, they reignite one of those universes. And they're like, actually, we're going to keep this Peter Parker, but we're going to continue using Toby Maguire or we're going to continue using Andrew Garfield. In the or both or both get two birds together at stoned at once. Yeah, I thought you were the one who really didn't think that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are going to be in No Way Home. Yeah, I don't think they are. You thought that it would be a terrible disappointment to even get hyped in that way because you're worried that that's not going to happen. And they, there's all this hype, like a lot of it, mm-hmm. all over the internet of people that are convinced that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are going to be in Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, and that disappointment will be palpable. I agree. Come December. Yeah. I agree with you, actually. I think because of the number of times this has been denied, uh, Emma Stone has denied it, I believe, now. We got Andrew uh, Andrew Garfield, I don't think, denied it. No, Andrew Garfield did design, deny it. Yeah, he said that he never got a call. Right. Tommy McGuire did not. So theoretically, he. I just don't think it's... I think it's not happening. I think they're just... They might be bringing in these villains, but the actual Spider-Men aren't, uh, aren't joining us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's too much hype. They they didn't and they didn't quell the hype train. Just I don't know. It's Sony's in charge of the marketing. So again, do they just botch this? Maybe. Who knows? I guess we'll wait and see. I can't wait to find out, Simon. Me too. Alrighty. Number two. As Variety reports, producer Seth Rogan's CG animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reboot film is set to premiere in theaters on August eleventh, twenty twenty three. The new release date announcement was made by Rogan on his Twitter page alongside a posted image of doodled science notes written by one of the famous turtles himself, Leonardo. <gasps> Co-director for the critically acclaimed animated film The Mitchells vs. the Machines, Jeff Rowe, has been tapped to direct the film while Rogan's producing partner Evan Goldberg and Point Grey Pictures president James Weaver will also produce the movie. Ooh. When asked by Business Insider, about his attachment to the film in August 2020, Seth Rogen said, quote, When I look at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the teenage part was weirdly what stuck out to me the most. I think one thing we've been pretty consistently good at over the years is creating material about teenagers, from blockers, good boys, and super bad, 
That was really what became exciting for us is how do we make a great action adventure movie that's also a great teenage movie, unquote. Adrian, the new TMNT, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film. What are you thinking so far? Well, Simon, this seems very interesting. Like This seems like all good things. I feel like everything that Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg have touched recently, um, they are all great. Uh, Invincible being probably the most recent one um, that I just am so incredibly in love with. Um, But yeah, I don't know. This seems like a really great idea. I feel I've never been super attached to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'll be honest with you. I never read any of the comics. I've watched like those older movies from, I can't recall. Was it 80s? Maybe the 90s? Um, like those older TMNT movies. And then I watched the live action ones where the, they're wearing the suits. Yeah. Yeah. Those ones. Classic. Yeah. Like I watched those ones and I remember really liking them as a kid. Um, and I watched the first Michael Bay TMNT movie, which I thought was like, it was fun. Like it's, it's a very whatever meh movie, but I still enjoyed watching it. But again, my attachment to TMNT as a franchise is, is fairly minimal. Um, how about you? Um, I love the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in that it feels like, again, another one of those situations that's a McDonald's ball pit and that I feel very nostalgic when I think about it. Like I watched a couple, uh, episodes of the cartoon, but I also read like a comic that took place in, um, it took place at like, uh, during the holidays, during the Christmas holidays mm-hmm. in which it was pretty gory. If I recall correctly, it was pretty gritty, which was fantastic about it. It felt very very dark, a dark version of the turtles. I can't remember the name of the, the comic now, but my, it was my brother's comic that he lent to me. And I'm now wondering if I've ever returned it to him. Hmm. Right into yeah. us, Oliver. Let us know what that comic was called. If you remember also Simon owes you a dollar. Cause he used the McDonald's pulpit phrase. Hey, Hey, don't forget about that. Keep hey, track of that. No, no, that's not a thing we're not paying him money. We don't make money on this podcast. Why would we pay him money for the McDonald's? Why would thing? you pay him money? is the is the correct thing um it's we i i actually totally forgot about the yeah like the saturday morning cartoon of tmnt i definitely watched that um i want to say channel 28 (laughs) like when i was a kid it always had those um yeah just saturday morning cartoons that i think like kirby would always play we would have Yu-Gi-Oh on and stuff like that good times it is nostalgic yeah, it is. And you, like, I played the video game as well, the arcade video game. I played it like yeah. at like a Chuck E. Cheese at one point with friends during a birthday party. Yeah. I played that actually on Super Nintendo. And I think of it's on Sega Genesis, I think, too. Like it's definitely I've definitely played it at my buddy's house on his Sega system, if I recall correctly. Yeah, it's, it's so fun because it's such a great co-op experience. And then uh, and then also I also like those. I think it's 80s. I think you're right. It's in 80s, the 80s movies where they're like literally wearing those costumes. It seems so cheesy, but it's just it's so fun at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I again feel nostalgic about that too. So I am excited about this because Seth Rogen does do a great job with teenage movies, as evidenced by his catalog. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about this. The only thing I'm kind of curious about, and I was I was confused about because I thought it was going to maybe be a live action. Uh, movie is whether it could have been a live action movie, but I guess it's better animated, eh? Yeah, I mean, like we had those Michael Bay animated or sorry, live action movies, which I don't think were well received critically. Um, again, I liked the first one, but I don't know. It's kind of nice, like to be able to just do an animated feature film. Um, I don't see yeah. much of an issue with it. I think you can be more creative, you can be more colorful, you can do a bunch of great right. stuff with it, and it- bringing in um, Jeff Rowe. Right. That's the key. Yeah. 
Like if you can capture that similar magic that he did with the Mitchells versus the machines, like hell yeah, man, like bring him in, like bring the, like everyone attached to this project. This is all great. And I'm definitely intrigued. And now that you're bringing up all those like older stuff, like maybe like I didn't realize like how much of an effect Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles had on my childhood. I, I, I wouldn't consider myself a fan, but yeah, I do have a lot of nostalgia for it. And, you know, every I feel like everyone's kind of nostalgic of being a teenager again when you're when you're out of that um, phase of your life. So I think this could be a really good movie. This this kind of excites me now that more the more we talk about it. It also comes out the day after my birthday. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a little while is out though with the 2023 date, but that's, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. It's nostalgia. Nostalgia really kicked in when you realize it's the day after your birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the even just having Jeff Rowe. Jeff Rowe, by the way, is also a part of, or was a part of Gravity Falls. Yeah. And so I don't know if we mentioned this when we watched Mitchells versus the Machines, but we kind of gave Mike Rionda all the credit. Apparently it was co-directed, and I don't think we mentioned that. It was co-directed by Jeff Rowe and Mike Rionda, just mm. to be clear, just in case that's a clarification that we, we needed to make. Yeah, maybe we, maybe we did leave him out. I think we did. Now you're making me question it. Now I'm questioning it. But in, in this case, it's just Jeff Rowe, who again, part of Gravity Falls, part of um, Mitchells versus the Machines, which if you haven't watched Mitchells versus the Machines on Netflix, if we haven't talked about it enough, it is an incredible, incredible animation, but also an, just incredible animated movie. It's an incredible story. It's very heartfelt. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's great that he's a part of this. I loved so, it. Gravity Falls also on Disney Plus. Worth the watch. So great. I love that show. Two seasons. Indeed. And as well, I think that based on Seth Rogen's post, I don't know if you looked at the post on Twitter, but I think that Seth Rogen is also being influenced by the idea of the McDonald's ball pit. I think that that notes, those notes he, he wrote, I think he clearly wrote himself <laughs> to, to impersonate Leonardo. I think that that is kind of, I don't know. I just feel like, TMNT has lived in his consciousness for a long time and that it's probably influenced him in some way too. I think that's why he's a part of this. Mm-hmm. His possible nostalgia for this, I think that that's a, that's a huge part of how good this is going to be too. And so I'm kind of more excited about it because he posted it with the picture of these science notes with a bunch of doodles on it. I think that that's really cool. And yeah, again, I'm very excited for this. I'm just curious to see how it turns out. Yeah, he's bringing the teenage back into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Indeed. Okay. Number three, as noted by The Hollywood Reporter, Netflix's superhero TV series, Jupiter's Legacy, has been canceled by Netflix just less than a month after its first season's May 7th release date. (gasps) The TV series was based upon comic creator Mark Miller's comic book series of the same name and is the first of Miller's properties that Netflix has developed into TV shows and films. Miller's company, Miller World, which includes the rights to Kick-Ass, Kingsman, Empress, and Huck, was purchased by Netflix in 2017. Jupiter's Legacy was being showrun by Daredevil Season 1 showrunner Stephen S. DeKnight and starred Transformers actor Josh Duhamel in the leading role. Unfortunately, the show was rated very poorly by reviewers despite its approximated $200 million budget. Most would argue that the show was set up for a second season after its season one finale cliffhanger, but without Netflix releasing the show's viewership numbers, we will likely never know how disappointing the show's viewership truly was. Despite the Jupiter Legacy's series cancellation, Netflix has surprisingly greenlit Mark Miller's Jupiter's Legacy spin-off TV series, Super Crooks, which is meant to follow the villains of Jupiter's Legacy as they complete some sort of epic heist. To speak to the show's cancellation, Miller tweeted, quote, I'm really proud of what the team achieved with Jupiter's Legacy and the amazing work everyone did on that origin season. 
I've been asked a lot about whether about what we're planning next with this world. And the answer is to see what the supervillains are getting up to. Given the, given where we're going next, we've made the tough call of letting our incredible cast out of their show commitment as we continue to thoughtfully develop all realms of the Jupiter's legacy saga. We're confident we'll return to it later and just want to say thanks to you guys for your continued support and to the cast and crew who made this look so great, unquote. Adrian, what do you think about this Jupiter's legacy cancellation? Simon, there's quite a few things to unpack here. So I'm going to start at the top. Okay. I am disappointed to hear that Stephen S. Knight was the showrunner for this show. Because it's unfortunate to hear that it was such a miss. Again, he is the creator of the Spartacus TV series, which I really love. And again, he show ran the first season of Daredevil, which is arguably the best season of that show. Um, I don't know if I agree with that, but again, I feel like the argument can be made there. It's, it's a phenomenal season. It's such a good season of television. Let's just be clear, though. Like, he's not the only cook in that kitchen. Yeah, that is like true. That, that show was started by Drew Goddard, and I think his influences are, are felt mm-hmm. in that first season. So I'm not sure how much he's not to, you know, disparage Steven S tonight, but anyway, continue. You're disparaging him. You're going to have to apologize, but yeah, it, it is a little uh, bit disappointing to hear, hear that. So I, I do want to mention that, but yeah, even S tonight, I know you like Spartacus. It's a 67% of Rotten Tomatoes, which is fine. It's fine. It's not bad. It's great. It's, it's great amazing. Daredevil is the only other thing that first season was extremely well regarded. If you look at his track record, it's pretty good, but the main thing would be in, would have been Spartacus. And that Daredevil first season, which he left. Everything else, it's okay. It's shaky. I know, again, I know you love Spartacus. I love it, Simon. um, I love it. I know. I know you do. I don't know. Is is this track record that great? Because, I don't know, did you you see this show? No, I did not see it. No, I'm saying, did you see the the, the trailers for the show? Like, why didn't we watch this? I didn't watch it because it looks hokey as hell. It, yeah, it just did not look good. It looked very corny. How is it two hundred million dollars? That okay. That's exactly what I wanted to segue into. This show looked low budget. This show costed almost as much as the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series. Yeah, that's ridiculous. They had like the worst looking costumes. I, apparently, they're very comic accurate. So maybe that's what they were going for. Maybe that was the tone they were trying to go for. This hokey, campy sort of nature, but. My understanding is that it just wasn't a good show and it, it was there's like multiple timelines going on, kind of like the lost thing um, and like two storylines going on at once, like one in the past and then one like current day. But I don't know. Everything about the show just didn't look great. Even just the poster for it. I was like very turned off by it. So, again, from the outside looking in, they didn't do a good job marketing this show or convincing me to watch it. So obviously I didn't. So I'm not really surprised that it the show failed because this this show should have been marketed to people like us you know people that like these superhero tv shows and movies um but if it couldn't bring us in it's definitely not going to bring in the general population the general audience um so it is a little yeah yeah like i'm i'm not very surprised about that i was kind of hoping for like something gritty 
like invincible. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that that's what they were doing. Like even in, I think some of the posters, like some of the these superheroes have like blood on their face, and it, it seemed like that that's what they were maybe going for that dramatic aspect of really gritty superheroes that they might you know push the envelope. But aren't we? I don't want to say superhero fatigue because I, I feel like I I take in a lot of superhero stuff and I love it, and I, I don't feel like it's there's that much superhero fatigue necessarily. But I I find that if you're gonna use the word the term superhero fatigue. This show is the definition of like, like, do we need this show now as well? Like, what what were they thinking? Like, I don't get it. Like, there's just these superhero costumed people who we don't know really much about, and they just are wearing really not great costumes, and the CG just looks low budget. I don't know. Like, it, 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 what was gonna, what was gonna pull me in? How about the from the trailer? Yeah, that, what part? That, that's the that's the thing. Like, what is original? What sets this show apart from anything else, or from the CW shows, or whatever else? Like, what made this interesting? Because again, I'm not even watching those CW shows anymore. So, like, I feel like if they were doing something unique, they should have shown it to everyone. And, and I'm sure the story's interesting. You know, like I, I'm sure, you know, it's like a good comic series because why bring it to life if, if not, but I think the execution, unfortunately um, just failed. Not necessarily in terms of like what the show is doing, but just marketing it. Cause I can't, again, I can't judge the show itself. Like I had, I didn't watch any of it. I watched the trailer and I'm like, this is just not for me. This does not look good whatsoever. And like, right. Yeah. I think that was, it's probably biggest pitfall, like make something that you want to convince people to watch i don't even like it's reviewed not well at all i know the audience scores like quite a bit higher um but it's not reviewed well whatsoever and it just seems like uh a swing and a miss and this is not really what you want to do for your first outing with these like properties that you purchased i don't think um this is great and then it brings me to the next part of this story which we just read and it's the fact that they're now making a spinoff of the show they canceled. Yeah, it's it's so odd. Like, I just find, again, like, why do this? Like, why would you green light a spinoff to a show that you just canceled? And I guess the main difference is now you're following a group of villains. But as far as I'm aware, everyone that worked on Jupiter's Legacy, like their contracts are, you know, ended. Like they they they're all technically fired because they they canceled the show. So. Are they going to be bringing in these characters? Like you mentioned in this uh, write-up that the show ended on a cliffhanger. Are they going to try to answer that cliffhanger in the Super Crick show? Why would I want to watch the Super Crick show if I have no attachment to the Jupiter's Legacy thing either? Like it just, it's confusing. I, I, I think if you're not, like they didn't market this this series well. Are they going to be able to market Super Crick's well or can or convince anyone to watch it? Um, I imagine they're probably if they are going to market it, they're not going to market it as a spinoff because why market something as a spinoff to a failure? Yeah, I just want to also draw our attention to the fact that Netflix doesn't cancel things like this very often. Let's just be very clear. Like they don't do that. Like I, I, when was I, when was the last time they did that? A show is aired a month ago, like less than a month ago, and it's like less than four weeks. And then they decided that they're going to cancel. They didn't even give it time to breathe. What if they could have maybe like doubled down? Maybe maybe there would have been a new audience that would have just came out of the woodwork in the next month. Then you cancel it. How f- much of a failure could it have possibly been? You're just going to say, it's done. We're letting our people out of our contracts. The other thing that's weird 
is that Boris Kitt, who wrote this, I believe who had a hand writing the story for The Hollywood Reporter, he's the one who reported that it cost, according to sources, $200 million. He was also mentioning that it's weird because no one really said it was canceled. Like They don't use the word canceled, which is like they're almost afraid of using that word because it's like it's admit, ad, admission of failure. They use the words like, we let them out of their contracts. There's there's like a bunch of weird lingo if you look at it surrounding it from Netflix themselves and from like like from Miller, from Mark Miller that he's just kind of he's using euphemisms to say that it got canceled. Yeah, it's strange. It's just this is a strange thing from Netflix. Like Netflix doesn't usually do things like this so aggressively unless it's like they realize how bad it is, I guess. That's exactly it. Like, they don't do it aggressively. They've let plenty of shows just kind of fizzle out and die after, like, a season or two. Right, but they don't announce it, Exactly. They they don't really announce it like this. It's strange that way. In Mm -hmm. that, like, what's a good example? Well, there's good examples of good shows that haven't been renewed. Like, Mindhunter hasn't officially been renewed. Or that has some weird contract issue that I think they're dealing with. With David Fincher and stuff like that, but or, um, that show's brilliant. Or Flaked as an example, like they just yeah they had those two seasons, example. like a fantastic show, but just never brought up again. You know, it's just I think they did announce that it was canceled, but they did it like way later. Like uh-huh. they they waited, like they didn't do it right away because they realized that that's not like they weren't planning a cancellation on this is ending on a cliffhanger for the first season. So it's just it's. Probably the oddest cancellation I've personally seen because of all the marketing that I've been hit with as well, even on Netflix itself when I open the app. Like it's just like Jupiter's Legacy, Jupiter's Legacy, watch this show, watch it. And these people in these weird tights that just look the most hokey possible. It just doesn't look great. I don't know. I don't know what way they were what what way were they supposed to be original? Yeah. Like Invincible came out this year. It's an animated superhero show, and it set itself apart. The voice sets itself apart, like clearly. Mm-hmm. How does this show set itself apart? Like what? We don't know these people. I don't know any of these characters. So it's not like you have the advantage of Batman or Superman or The Flash. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. I, I, I don't want to, you know, like cheer for anything that like to fail. So I, I, it is. it sucks for anyone that was enjoying this show and it sucks for the people attached to it. I don't think anyone's really happy about it, but uh yeah, they should have just done something different or marketed it better. It's too bad. Yeah, I mean, it's 38% of Rotten Tomatoes. So reviewers did not enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, again, I almost, I was almost tempted to watch it. But now why the heck would I watch it? Like, that's, why, that's also why I'm like, why would Netflix do that? Why even say anything? Just leave it. Because then I maybe will watch it still. I was tempted. Like, they almost had me. Just announce Super Crooks and leave the fact that this is canceled alone. That would have been my strategy. There's all, again, as we just said, there's a lot of Netflix shows that are up in the air. Anyway, I don't know. That's just so strange. Anyway, (laughs) I find that, I don't know, maybe there's another, there's an outlier, but movies and TV shows with Jupiter in it are not typically good. Oh yeah, Jupiter's Ascending with with Mila Kunis and uh, Channing Tatum. Yeah, that was not well regarded at all. What's another Jupiter? I know, I know, it didn't have a Jupiter in its name, but that Daisy Ridley and Tom Holland movie—that seems like a movie that would have Jupiter in its name. 
It did. You're right, actually. That's funny. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. I don't know why. I thought that that was a movie. Chaos Walking. Yeah. The name of that movie. Yeah. I feel like it, it should have Jupiter in its name. It's these weird outlandish concepts that don't seem, they almost seem half-baked. <laughs> Jupiter's Ascending, I didn't watch either, but I actually do like the Wachowskis. So like the Wachowskis who obviously made The, Ma- the Matrix, and I really do like Cloud Atlas. I felt like maybe maybe it's a good movie, Jupiter's Ascending. I just don't think so. It's like 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. Although I don't think reviewers loved Cloud Atlas either. So Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Write into us if you know other movies, <laughs> movies or <laughs> TV shows that are terrible that have Jupiter in the in the title. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Now onto the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present this week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, as Variety reports, Palm Springs screenwriter Andy Sierra and Mr. Robot creator Sam Esmail have joined forces to create an eight-episode TV series for NBC streaming service Peacock. Hmm, I still gotta finish Mr. Robot. Me too. Number two, as Variety has reported, Parent Trap actor... Dennis Quaid and hereditary actor Nat Wolf have both been cast in Peacock's Joe Exotic TV series that is set to feature Saturday Night Live star Kate McKinnon as Carol Baskin. Mm. I feel like the time for Joe Exotic has come and gone. I, I don't think people are going to care about this when this show comes out. I don't know if you agree. There's also that Nick Cage show, apparently. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally forgot. Yeah, I forgot those are separate. Yeah. Yeah, like I feel like, uh, yeah, that the moment's come and gone. I don't think anyone cares. Number three, as website Deadline reports, Studio 20th Century has hired the A Monster Call screenwriter Patrick Ness to write an adapted screenplay for a prequel to the 2003 Oscar-nominated film Master and Commander, Far Side of the World. I watched A Monster Calls and it's a really good movie. That's great. Have you seen Master and Commander, Far Side of the World? No. It's so good. Is it? It's so good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's a wild name. It's based on a book. Okay. Sounds like a cool name for a movie. I've never heard of this. It's Russell Crowe and Paul Bettany. It's I think it got nominated for 10 Academy Awards. 10? Yeah. I can't even count that high. Yeah, there you go. Including, well, you got 10 fingers, so you should probably learn. And otherwise, their relationship in this movie, like the, the relationship their characters build between each other is just... It's so fun to watch. Great movie. Okay. I recommend it. Okay. Number four. As followed by The Hollywood Reporter, popular country artist Taylor Swift has been cast alongside Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, and John David Washington in Silver Linings Playbook director David O. Russell's upcoming Untitled Film Project. Hmm, that's a good cast. Taylor Swift did an amazing job in the Cats movie. I'm just kidding, I never watched it. Number five, as Deadline reports, Game of Thrones actor Sophie Turner has been cast alongside Colin Firth and Tony Collette for the HBO Max limited series based upon the story of Netflix true crime docuseries, The Staircase. Oh my goodness, Tony Collette is playing the same character from the hit movie, nope. Dream Horse. No. And she is playing the horse. No. She's such an amazing actress. You should see her in Hereditary, where she plays a human being. Well, that part's true. And Dream Horse, where she plays a horse. No. Unbelievable. Also, this is a spinoff to the Harry Potter universe. No. But it takes place several years later, and we're checking up on how that staircase is doing, not having its best pal living inside of them. No. Mm, That's weird. No. No, it's not. I I talked about the staircase on this show and how great it is. Yeah, you did. That's also worth the watch. Should I? 
I watch it? I think so, but I'm not. I don't know. It's a long one though, because it's like many, many episodes. Many, many episodes. Yes. So it, would you say then it's not worth the watch? Oh, it's worth it. But do you like true crime enough to watch it? That's the question for you and the audience. Number six, as reported by Deadline, the Justin Theroux starring Apple TV Plus drama series Mosquito Coast has been renewed for a second season. Is it Theroux? I thought it was Thoreau or Thorox. It's Theroux, actually, apparently. Apparently, even Justin Theroux pronounces his own name wrong. What? Wait one second. Number seven, as Variety reports, Shang-Chi actor Simu Liu, Hamilton actor Philippa Su, and Holiday actor it rhymes, I know. I know. It sounds like a it sounds like a damn Dr. Seuss book. I can't help it. I didn't realize this when I wrote it. And holiday actor Luke Bracey have all been cast in the movie adaptation of the Taylor Jenkins Reed best-selling novel One True Loves. It did it did rhyme. It made me laugh. Number eight. According to the Hollywood Reporter, actor Issa Rae from HBO's Insecure has been cast as Spider-Woman in Sony's upcoming animated Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse sequel. Oh my goodness. I can't wait for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse sequel. In uh, We're out of the Spider-Verse this time around, folks. Number nine. According to Deadline, Rogue One actor Donnie Yen has been cast as John Wick's past ally in John Wick 4. This is going to be awesome. I can't wait to see the action scenes with him. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be nuts! Number 10. As Variety reports, the production on the Tom Cruise starring Mission Impossible 7 has just been shut down for two weeks due to a positive COVID-19 test on set. I would hate to be that guy or gal or person that tested positive for COVID-19 on Tom Cruise's set. That person is going to be dead in two weeks, but not because of COVID, because of mysterious circumstances. Oof. And that concludes the montage. Ba-ba-boo. Yeah. 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 Is it actually Justin Theroux? Okay. So let me tell you. Um, I watched a, a small, it was like a small clip about the Mosquito Coast. Mosquito Coast is a book. It's uh, written by Paul Theroux. His name is pronounced Paul Theroux. And I was like, okay, cool. Paul Theroux wrote this book and we got Justin Theroux in this, in this show. I, I figured that they're both named Theroux, actually, at the time. But then I was watching this clip and apparently Paul Theroux, who wrote the book in like the, I think the 80s or the 90s, Mosquito Coast is a fairly... I think they even made a like a movie about it back in the day. The novel was from 1981. And oh, that's not good. Why would you do that? <laughs> You're literally on the podcast. I'm mid-sentence and you send me a meme. I was you're I was looking at that. memes while we're podcasting. I was you took a pause. I was literally in the process of sending it right before you came back. Yes, what, Adrian? I took the pause out of the edit, so there's no even there's not even a pause. You just seem like this rude person on this podcast. It's unacceptable. This is all unprofessional. Wow, well, can't even believe you. I can't even believe you. But anyways, let's continue this conversation. Paul Theroux. He wrote a book. It's a novel. It's a best-selling novel. Then they made a movie. It has Harrison Ford in it in like the 1990s. Regardless, they now remade this on Apple TV with Justin Theroux in the movie, but apparently... The show. In the show, sorry, in this Apple TV Plus show. And Justin Theroux apparently is the the, the nephew of Paul Theroux. But Paul Theroux didn't know that Justin Theroux was going to be in it. And anyways, the reason why I think that his name is now 
Justin Theroux is because Paul Theroux said in this clip, like it's a like a marketing for the for the new show. He literally says, "I uh, I'm I'm the uncle of Justin Theroux, who sometimes goes by Justin Thoreau, although that's wrong. Thoreau <laughs> Theroux is French, and he just pronounces it wrong. He basically just calls out Justin Theroux." What? Pronouncing his own name wrong. <laughs> I just think it's so ridiculous and That's funny. That's wild. Yeah. It's a great clip. I almost I almost want to watch this show because of that whole family dynamic. And he was giving Justin Thoreau a lot of credit for his acting ability in the show because of the fact that he was saying it was almost like a genetic thing that he he added lines and ad-libbed lines that weren't in necessarily in the script of the book. And I just mm-hmm. think that that family concept of this book that was written in the 1980s and then Paul didn't know that Justin was going to be in this and Justin just auditioned for it and got the part. And he's like, Oh, it's for freaking my nephew. He got, he got the part. I don't know, that's just a, that's just a cool story. That is a cool story. Neato. Anyways. Yeah. His name is Justin through just so we're clear. Wow. Justin through from my favorite, possibly my favorite TV show of all time. The leftovers. He's amazing in that. And he completely got snubbed every year for his performance in the leftovers at the Emmys and otherwise. But anyway, yeah, I agree with that. Okay, Adrian, enough about the Mosquito Coast. What do you got for me? I got new releases for you. Oh, oh, oh. What are they? Oh, oh, oh. Are you going to tell me the new releases? Um, Yes, I was just checking the date range. Uh, this is for June the 7th, which is a Monday, to June the 13th, which is a Sunday. The regular run. Do you start Excellent. your weeks on a Sunday or a Monday, Simon? Um, well, my workplace starts them on a Sunday. And so I don't yeah, have regular weekend days off like Saturday, Sunday. So for me, I guess I started on a Sunday. Yeah, me too. Me too. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 The reason we do it Monday to Sunday on this show, though, is because our episodes come out on Monday. Fun fact. Oh, Did you know that most people, I think they adhere to the concept that Monday to Friday is the beginning. Like Monday is the beginning of the week. It's a weekend. It's literally called the weekend is Saturday, Sunday. So Sunday's got to be the end. I think we've talked about this before, but you know, there used to be the jingle. Like I brought up the jingle. Oh, we did. Oh, we hundred yeah, percent talked about this yeah. before, but I mean, we don't have a lot of the same listeners from week to week. Do we? Yeah. N- not to tread on old ground. What move, what new releases are coming out this week, Adrian? Come on, buddy. So again, for the first movie that's coming out, it's coming out on June 8th, and it's a movie called Gully. And this is confirmed by Movie Insider and the Apple TV app. It's a video-on-demand movie, and it's about three pals living a tough life in the roughest streets of L.A. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Next movie that's coming out is coming out on June 9th. Ooh, the, the first- day of Loki on Disney+. Plus. Yes, which isn't the movie, but it's a, a very anticipated TV series for me because that those trailers look great. Yeah, I was gonna say Wednesday, June 9th. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. when were you gonna say that? You were gonna say after you were gonna say Wednesday, June 9th. No, I was gonna say it before. I failed. I messed up. June 8th is a Tuesday. June 9th is a Wednesday. I forgot to say the days. Yeah, they switched up the Disney Plus release schedule. Yeah. Because Loki's the god of mischief. Oh my goodness, he's so mischievous mischievous his week starts on a wednesday i guess yeah what a crazy guy that guy's he's just messing with the timeline oh oh did he say that in the baby did he say that in the clip i don't remember that's great that's that's the marketing they were going for i think but i i didn't notice that either i'm stupid or you just said something really cool i'm cool hire me disney as your marketer 
And the way I'll market it is just by talking to my best pal, Simon, on this podcast. There's very little reach. It's a fantastic idea. Wednesday, June 9th, the first movie that's coming out is a movie called Tragic Jungle. This is a Netflix original movie, and it's about a woman who runs into an untamed Mayan jungle filled with supernatural stuff to escape her arranged marriage. Hmm. Yes. Wild stuff. Wild stuff. The next movie is another Netflix original movie, and it's called Awake. It's a, it's a post-apocalyptic adventure, but this time the power is out and nobody can sleep. That's the apocalyptic thing. Nobody can sleep. But there is a person who has the cure, and the cure is just melatonin. It's just melatonin. Why are there so many properties called awake? Yeah, I don't know. Stop calling things awake. Come up with a different name. Yeah. It is weird. Like Awake is a really good TV series, in my opinion. And there's also a movie that's kind of, I think it's regarded mediocrely. I think it's got Jessica Alba in it, if I recall. Anyways, I've never seen it. Oh, yes. But then now there's this. Come on. Come on, Netflix. Come up with a better name. Yeah. Yeah, come up with a better name. So I just did a quick browse on Apple TV. I just typed in Awake, right? So we got yeah. Awake, The Life of Yagananda. Okay. That's the movie. Then we got the Awake, yeah. the TV show, that one season. Mm-hmm. Great show. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Jason show. Isaacs. Jason Isaacs. He's living in two different timelines at the same time. Mm-hmm. Great show. Great it's show. a really good show. His son's dead in one. His, mo- his, his wife's dead in the other. Yeah. Which one does he like better? Yeah. He goes to sleep. He wakes up in one world. He goes to sleep. He wakes up in the other world. He must be a tired man because he never really sleeps, does he? Yeah, it's true. And then people think he's crazy. But is he crazy? That's the question that the show begs. It begs that question. And you as an audience... Get, get to, to answer decide. It. Yeah, you get to decide. Is he crazy, man? Is he crazy? Mm-hmm. Then we got a movie mm-hmm. called Awake, right? You click on it. It's a 2019 thriller that I think was renamed to Wake Up. Because when you click on it, it says Wake Up as opposed to Awake. No, it's like the the naming difference between uh, Edge of Tomorrow and... Uh, Lived I Repeat. Exactly. Yeah. Lived I Repeat. Which one do you like better, by the way? That's a Tom Cruise movie. Edge of Tomorrow. Me too. It's weird because the director wanted it to be called, desperately wanted to be it to be called Lived I Repeat, and he pushed the studio hard on it, but then they decided against it. And then they kind of went back on it and called it Lived I Repeat. It's weird. Mm-hmm. He wants to call the next movie, if they ever make it, they may not ever make that movie apparently, he wants to call it Lived I Repeat and Repeat. And I'm not sure I, I like that title. Me neither. I feel like you should call it Awake. Oh yeah, great. Because mm-hmm. they keep waking up over and over again. That's, yes. not actually, that's actually not a terrible name, potentially, for a time loop movie. It's bad because there's a freaking million Awake movies. Anyway, what, what other movies are called Awake? Uh, there's a 2014 thriller called Awakened. Then there's a 2021 documentary called Awaken, as opposed to Awakened. Then there's Awakenings, which is a 1989 movie. Did you list the Jessica Alba Christian, Hayden Christensen movie, 2007, Awake? I'm not, it's not popping up, man. That's it's the popular up. one. You're naming all these other ones. It's not popping up. They aren't even called awake. It's not popping up. And you skipped the one that exists. It's not popping up. <laughs> Jessica Alba, Hayden Christensen, when, you know, the top of Hayden Christensen game when he was starring in things like Jumper. Mm-hmm. Terrence Howard's in it as well. Anyways, who cares? We're on to June 10th, which is a Thursday, Simon. And this next movie is a movie called Infinite. You maybe heard of it from the trail of that release. 
and Movie Insider confirming that this is the release date. This is Paramount Plus's first big original movie, I think. Yeah, it's releasing in theaters and on this streaming service at the same mm-hmm. time. You got Mark Wallyberg. You got Dylan O'Brien. You have sci-fi elements. Bam, you got a movie right there. Mm, yes. Mark Wahlberg, best known for his role in the upcoming Uncharted movie as Sully. Except they released those stills of the upcoming Uncharted movie. And it just looks like Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg at a uh, museum with flashlights. <laughs> yeah. Jason Mantzoukas is actually in this infinite movie, as well as uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and honestly, I actually am compelled to watch this movie. It's just I don't have Paramount Plus. So is that going to happen? Probably not. It's Antoine, Antoine Fuqua, who's very well known for the Equalizer series. Mm-hmm. He's directing it. So, yeah, I'm actually kind of curious about Infinite. Yeah, I mean, not not so much about Uncharted. Well, I'm curious about Uncharted, but I almost guarantee that's not going to be a good movie. Yeah, it's not going to be a good movie. There's no doubt about it. It's yeah. going to suck, and I'm 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 ready for it to suck. Yeah. Anyways, next movies that are coming out are coming out on June 11th, which is a Friday, Simon. And the first movie is a movie called Wish Dragon. It's a Netflix original animated adventure following a boy who finds a dragon that's just a genie, pretty much. Hmm. Yeah. Skater Girl is the next movie on my list, and it's a Netflix original movie about a girl in India who follows her passion to skateboard, but faces animosity at every turn by a culture that doesn't accept a woman's right to choose her own path. Oh. Yeah. In the Heights is the next movie coming out, and this is confirmed by just Cineplex. It's coming to theaters as well as video on demand, and this is the new uh, musical with Lin-Manuel Miranda doing a bunch of musical numbers. We got a great cast. It looks fantastic. It's currently a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm very disappointed I can't watch this in theaters. Will I do the premium rental for home? I don't know. But I'm definitely going to watch it in theaters when I can go back to theaters if it's still in theaters. Yeah, that's uh, it's an interesting one. It's directed by John M. Chu, who directed... Uh, crazy rich Asians as well. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's his, this is an unfortunate one to miss. So I, again, I hope we get to go to the theater soon. Yeah, me too. Another unfortunate thing to miss is Peter rabbit Two, the sequel to Peter rabbit one. This is also coming to theaters. Are you looking forward to Peter rabbit Two? No, it does actually look really charming. Sort of the first one. I never watched it. I have no attachment to Peter rabbit. He's some ch- ch- child, novel isn't he not to keep talking about the damn mcdonald's ball pit but literally don't say cha-ching or some bullshit my brother's not getting any money (laughs) from this podcast cha-ching we're at two bucks now no no but anyways uh peter rabbit i we read that i read that as a child like we had little children's books that were really well drawn and uh that was a thing that I read as a, like my mom read to me as a child. So it's actually, I have a a connection there, but I haven't seen the first one either. So Hmm. are you going to watch it? Uh, First on my list would be Paddington two, because I haven't seen Paddington two yet. It's a hundred percent of Rotten Tomatoes. You claim it's the best movie ever to, to exist. Oh my goodness. So something changed actually recently. Um, a review from 2017 came in and it was a negative review. So Paddington 2 is now a 99% as well, which is ridiculous. Oh, shit. So yeah. guess which one is now in the lead? Stagecoach. As I talked about a couple episodes ago, Stagecoach is now the best reviewed movie of all time. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. 
Whoever wrote a negative review about Paddington literally has no heart or soul. I was going to say, do you have no soul? It seems like that would be... Like, what the hell is your problem? Like, Paddington 1 is also amazing, Like, but it's like 97%. Like, why didn't you like Paddington 1 as well? I don't know, yeah. It's so fun to watch, and it's just so charming and funny, and it's really good. I agree with you. I'm, I'm going to watch Paddington 2, for sure, before I watch peter rabbit the person that honestly the person that rated that movie negatively probably had a freak bear accident where a bear a very friendly bear killed his entire family killed his children killed everyone that was ever close to him in a right. freak a very bear attack friendly bear wearing a raincoat mm-hmm. and yeah. it just absolutely demolished his entire family lineage his parents before him his his oh. wife his his children after him his kids his grandkids he lost all feeling of love and any sort of any sort of heartfelt nature was gone. He was he was just a dead soul from here on out. And he went into the theater and watched Paddington 2. And all he could think about was his dead kids, his dead grandkids, his dead wife, his dead parents, his dead everyone that was ever important to him and decided to rate that movie negatively. Yeah. And one might say that he's a bit of an outcast. He's a bit of a misfit <laughs> the misfits the next movie coming out uh on uh june 11th you can continue yeah it's uh confirmed by movie insider and m.the-numbers.com the most reliable source on the internet it's a movie coming to theaters um i couldn't see it on the cineplex app so i don't know if it's coming out to theaters here in canada uh but in the u.s it seems to be it stars pierce brosnan it's a heist movie looks fairly interesting oh you okay yeah I just smashed my hand and my phone on my table. Why? I apologize for the interruption, audience and Adrian. Uh, it was very rude of me. Um, I forgive you. I was just looking up the Misfits because I'm curious. You said Pierce Brosnan's in it. Mm-hmm. It almost looks like he's playing James Bond again based on the photo on IMDb. Like the Have you seen this? I have seen it, yeah. I have seen it. I watched the trailer. Oh, does it look good to you? It looks pretty okay. Okay. doesn't look bad at all, honestly. It looks pretty interesting. Cool. I would watch it in theaters. It would be one of those movies where I'd be like, yeah, you want to go watch this? All right. Yeah. Yo, yeah. This would be like the John Wick scenario where I just like phone you up and then we just go watch randomly on a, on a Saturday night. Hey, do you want to go just watch this right now? Yeah. Yeah. Assuming we talk outside of this podcast, but we don't, Which so that never happened. does not happen. Of course yeah. that would never have happened. That's insane. No. That's yeah. insane. Anyways, what's the next movie coming out? Adrian. The next movie that's coming out is a movie called The House Next Door, Meet the Blacks 2. This is confirmed by Movie Insider in the trailer. This is coming to theaters. And I'm not sure I'm allowed to say Meet the Blacks, unless that's their last name. Uh, yeah, I think you can say it. It's the title of the movie. And it, yeah, I know. It the last name? It's their last name. I hope so. The last name of the people who live next door in the house next door. I, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Because they are played by African-American actors. Okay. I think you're okay. I think you're okay. It's a Hollywood film. Yeah. 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 I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. We're fine. Cool. And that's it. That's all. That's all the movies. That's all the movies. Okay, then. Coming out this week that I could find. Let's reach back into that mailbag for a moment here, shall we? As mentioned at the top of our show, we ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And Handsome Eric wrote into us, and he said, Hey guys, short-time listener, long-time lover. Just wanted to say I have really been enjoying listening to your podcast. Your dynamic is awesome and makes my loins ache. Jesus. Okay. 
Okay. What the fuck's your problem, man? <laughs> Anyways, Simon said to email my inquiries and not comment on the podcast page. Good to know you guys don't read your fans' comments on every streaming platform. Rolling eyes emoji. Backburner, though. Okay, let's just stop well, you. Well, real quick. Yeah, real quick. Let's just stop you right here. Being this popular, it's hard to keep up with all this stuff, man. Whoa, it's hard whoa, to keep whoa. up this stuff. I read every comment, just so you're aware. I read every comment, Adrian. But as I just said, to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections, you write into splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. So if you want me to say your comments on the air, you're going to have to, you know, just follow what I just said and mm-hmm. write into us at splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. Sounds like this guy doesn't know how to follow direction well. Potentially. I don't want to disparage anybody, okay? You know, I don't know Handsome Eric necessarily. Or maybe we do because he's literally making personal comments towards us. We know Handsome Eric. Come on, Adrian. Let's, the jig is up. The jig is up. Anyways, he continued. I agree about the ring and Babadook thing, though. Just to be clear, we talked about whether you could defeat Adrian, the ring girl, mm-hmm. or the Babadook. Babadook. And which one you would choose mm-hmm. to try and survive against mm-hmm. if you had the choice of one or the other. And he's now addressing this here. I agree about the ring and Babadook thing, though. Although the ring seems inevitable of your doom, unless you have the detective skills to solve this dumb bitch's murder in seven days, you'll be all right. But I think the Babadook is circumstantial. It really depends on the amount of trauma you have in your life. And if you can overcome it, which (laughs) does seem more manageable facing your demons, so to speak. Why do you say come like that? I think you know why. How is it spelt, Adrian? How is this fool spelling come <laughs> in an email? C-O-M-E. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, the audience can't see this document, so I guess I'll just let uh, their imaginations run wild on that one. Yeah. I, I don't know if you have anything to add about the Babadook ring debate, about whether you could defeat the ring girl or survive, I should say, the ring girl versus the Babadook mm-hmm. if you were stuck in a house with either of them. Um, I love how this has continued for the last three episodes in a row. This is your mom's inquiry from two episodes yeah. ago. Yeah. Honestly, I, could, I think I've gotten to the point where I think I could take both of them at the same time. Oh, come on. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's ridiculous that you could, you could take it. I don't think you could take it either of these. I could take it out both of them at the same time. Actually, the exact same moment. Wait, which one is he saying here that he believes is correct? Like, which one does he think he could survive? I think he's saying that, like, he could solve this dumb bitch's murder in seven days. Like, he would be able to solve this dumb bitch's murder within seven days, oh. and he'd be all right. So he's making, a like, an intellectual claim here, whereas you were saying you were just going to beat the thing to death. Correct. My brother argued last week that that's impossible and that you're a fool to think so. It's possible. And- trust me. I don't think you're right. You don't know I don't me. Think you don't so. know me. I think I have to see the ring now because you, I just don't think you're accurate. I'm probably not accurate, Simon. I'm probably not, and I admitted that. However, what I do know that I'm right about is that I could take both of them in a fight. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think so. But anyways, he continued. Also, to comment here about the East Side's conundrum, being frugal is nothing to be ashamed of. Not all of us can afford a Tesla. Come hmm. on, man. Thank you, Eric. Uh, you know, standing for the little guy. Simon here, he's all about the big corporations. He's all about the big money. He's what? all about he's all about the 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 
lower taxes for rich people. That's the kind of guy Simon no, is. No, no, and, I'm not. And me and Eric are the the kind of guys that are okay being frugal. We want to save our money. We go to e sides, mm-hmm. yeah, to bring home our entire entree, yeah, and fill ourselves up with some salad and some bread, maybe some soup if I'm feeling crazy. Not in this weather though. It was 27 degrees today. To clarify from our past episode, a couple episodes back, Adrian claims that he. Well, I knew this already, but he, he claims that he goes to Eastside Mario's, uh, gets the all-you-can-eat bread and salad with his entree, and takes the entire, not just a little bit, the entire entree home. And I thought that was odd. I thought that yeah. was odd. And it's I not. thought that was not classy. And I think I still stand by my statement that that is not classy. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that being frugal is anything to be ashamed of. Let's be clear. But you're going out to a restaurant. You're going no. out to a restaurant audience, and I think you should decide whether – if you're being frugal, should you go out to a restaurant? I don't know. That's the question. That's the question. I used to think that wow. what you do, Adrian, wow. when you package up the entree and you just eat the appetizers and then go home with the full entree, I think that you're one step removed from one step removed from taking – Don't you dare say the subway thing. You- some, taking some Tupperware containers oh, thank God. Yeah. to the Mandarin. That's what I'm saying. No, it's not. It's not the same thing. It's different. Well, that's frugal too, isn't it's it? It's not frugal. That's you're you're not supposed to do that. What do you mean? What do you mean? You're not supposed. You're to not do that? supposed to steal the food and put it in Tupperware containers and put them in your freaking purse. You're not supposed to do that. I said it's a step removed. I didn't say it was the same. It's it's multiple steps removed. It's like you just no. fell down a flight of stairs. Sort no, of. Removed. I think I think you would cross that line. I think there's no. a, there's a chance that. How dare you! There's how dare you, Simon? Something in your life could have made you cross that line. No. I think you know what you're the know. kind of guy. You know those like eat the rich shirts. You're the kind of guy that buys a shirt that says "Try to eat me." Yeah, that's the kind of guy you are. Why am I rich? You and your Tesla. Where you're just driving around town with your nice Tesla, sa- you saving can, saving you know the why, environment. You know, no, you know why I have a Tesla? It's because I'm frugal. Mm. That's why. Apparently not. Apparently not. No, that's the reason. I'm not rich. I saved my pennies. Now, I no longer even have to pay for gas. All right? You and your goddamn white privilege, man. No, I'm just kidding. That's, that has nothing to do with you getting a Tesla. Don't worry about that. Let's take that out. Wait, hold on. Was that you Was that you pretending to be Alex Jones talking about white privilege? That doesn't, I'm, doesn't compute. I'm incredibly leftist. I'm incredibly leftist Alex Jones. That's my <laughs> new character. Oh my God! Okay, let's. The water is not turning any frogs homosexual. Yeah. Wow. That's what the, that's <laughs> a new character that I made. Left wing Alex Jones. <laughs> sounds sounds good. You, you do sound pretty good though when you do the impression. So I, I'll let you. I'll let you have it. I'll shut it down in a couple episodes. Yeah. Leftist Jones. Leftist. Leftist. Jones. Leftist Jones. Mm. The name needs work. But anyways, let's move on. He continued. He continued. Alex Leftist Jones. Okay. Let me continue his email here. He wrote us an email. I want to respect his email and read it. Can you let me read it? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait. The whoa, whoa, whoa <laughs> reference is actually perfect because we're talking about being frugal. Say the whole line. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't throw that out. Yeah, that's <laughs> literally the whole premise of, of the Eastside Mario's. Carl Weathers. Right. Carl Weathers is extremely frugal in Arrested Development because he can't get an acting job. Isn't that the joke? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Isn't it like he says something oh, about whoa. getting a stew going? Yeah, it's like, don't, don't, don't toss them in the pot. Cut up some carrots and so- something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, okay. Baby, you got a stew going. <laughs> it's, it's right. Baby, you got a stew going. Yeah, okay. 
I don't know. I don't think you were connecting that here. I, I think that you just said, whoa, 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 randomly. But anyways, it worked. It worked. Was the pun intended? You'll never know. You'll never know. I'll never know. But let's continue the email because we're getting really off track here, Adrian. Are you going to let me continue it or not? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop it. Okay, he, he continued. Anyways, love you guys and love the work you're doing. Oh my gosh, thank you. Here's a good hypothetical for you, though. Would you rather live in a 28 days later apocalypse where there's fast zombies and that's your biggest threat? Or a Walking Dead type, where you have to deal with more demented survivors more frequently. Granted, 28 Days Later had messed up people as well, but there were way less of them. Mm. Cheers, you sick, cute boys, signed Handsome Eric. I feel like this is an easy one. Walking Dead type, no doubt about it. The idea of just running zombies, these relentless infected, where literally like a drop of their blood into any of your open pores turn you into a zombie. That's way more terrifying than a couple of people. I would be one of those demented survivors, Simon. I would be running a camp of of survivors bashing, bashing people's heads in. What? I'd be... I would I would have a I would have a bat named Lucille. That's what I would no, do. No, you wouldn't actually go that direction. Yes. And then I would have a pet seal called Loose Seal. That's just on the loose. That's highly impractical. It's the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's more practical to get a seal during the apocalypse as opposed to now. There is no way that's the case. There's no way that would slow you down to a tremendous tremendously slow clip and you would get killed for sure how am i gonna how am i gonna get a how am i gonna get a seal right now that's not the point i could just go to ripley's aquarium and just dive into the water and be friends with a seal i would have a seal there i assume there are seals google how slow seals are okay and then we can talk they probably move pretty quick no they don't they don't move quick that's a dumb idea but regardless i agree with you completely the walking dead scenario is way better yeah no there's no way that the other way is better what if, kind of survival fact, would you be? Live, live on an island. I would not be like you. I would be closer to Rick, if anything. Oh. So you'd kill people with a machete in a church. I see. What? No. Is no ground sacred to you, Simon? No ground sacred. Are you trying to bring religion into this? I'm bringing in religion. You hate God. No, that's not Which the case. It doesn't make any sense. So many rich people are Christians. I think there's a lot of blasphemous nonsense being talked about me. Simon on this podcast and I I'm not standing for it. I'm not standing for it. Anyways, I'm going with the Walking Dead zombie type. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your letter, Eric. I do appreciate it despite you throwing shade at us repeatedly in this email. And um at, at us, excuse me? At you. And no, he I, said that we weren't what are you talking about? He said that we don't read our fans comments, which I completely fervently disagree with i read all of them well simon i i can't read so i'm not offended by it i'm not offended by it okay i'm sorry to hear that anyways thank you for writing in eric and thank you kenneth for writing into us once again i do appreciate you um you've written into us quite a bit and uh i hope you do so even more in the future adrian do you have anything else to add before we wrap this podcast up because we are at the end of our regular schedule of programming no, thank you, my friend. Uh, uh, I got nothing left to share. Um, okay. Alrighty. Alrighty, then. Thank you for listening to the 49th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter signing off. Yeah, yeah. This is me signing off. I'm Adrian Pinter, the frugal one out of the, out of the duo of us. Simon is uh, a lot less frugal. You know who he kind of reminds me of? 
Reminds me of uh, Bruce Wayne. Oh my god! From Batman v Superman, a a rich man, someone that's not frugal, someone that owns an electric vehicle. You know, Batman v Superman, great movie. Not necessarily the best guy though. Anyways, thank you very much. Take care. Goodbye. <sighs> goodbye. Take care. Goodbye. Take care. Hashtag eat the rich.